Festi fam, the time is now. Festival goers unite. Welcome to the Festi Files podcast, where we highlight the creative and inspiring individuals on this planet who collectively come together and bring to life the festival experience. Now, I'm going to change it up a bit. I want everyone to remember one thing. The world is our festival. So we're not just honing in on what happens at the festival grounds. Now this is becoming a platform to speak around and about the world. Right, so my name is Desmond Berestein, CEO and founder of Festi, the Festival Smart Band. And if you're watching this at home, if you attend festivals, if you smile when you listen to music, you know, if you uh, are backstage at festivals, if you're the person supplying the beats and the music and the melody, like the, the guests we have on today, or if you're just, you know, someone putting positive energy out into the world, we each contrib and contribute to the festival experience and, um, you know, we appreciate it, especially in light of everything that's going on right now. Personally, I believe that, you know, this podcast and we've opened it up as a channel to, to voice yourself, to speak, to educate yourself, to get educate others, to learn. And, uh, you know, that's what it's going to take. First, it becomes about, you know, assessing what's going on. I had this analogy. It's you're on, you're looking at the game, you're looking at the puzzle board or the puzzle pieces, and you're looking at the pieces and you're saying, wow, what's going on with the pieces? But it's important to look at the actual puzzle board and say, wow, matter of fact, maybe it wasn't just the pieces. We've been looking and playing the whole game, the whole puzzle board the wrong way. We need to reposition mm -hmm. that. So it's about assessing, yeah. you know, identifying it and then making the changes. So I had a sure. long intro, but now I get to introduce, this is our first podcast guest uh, since you know, uh, what has happened in Minneapolis and throughout the world, the wave uh, that has followed and ensued. We are going to be playing, you know, podcasts from the past as well. We have those recorded with the dates, but this is right here, right now at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and this mm -hmm. is an mm -hmm. MC, singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, media designer, musician, mentor, businessman on so many levels. He's opened up for a myriad of artists such as Sir Mix-a-Lot, Digital Underground, KRS-One, uh, Indian Ari, uh, DJ Quick, Tech 9 the list goes on and on. You know, he's a freestyle kingpin. You know, he might have to do a little festy freestyle for us today. Uh-oh, uh -oh. super, no, no. super amazing guy. I already feel his energy. He's the founder of Rip Raw Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, Karan Beecham, a.k.a. Omega Raw. And uh, one more thing, Omega Raw, he's also known for reaching and capturing 1 million emails and impressions in 30 days without a budget, which is beautiful because Festi, when we put our first video out there, we said the same thing. We said, we're going to do a million wow. in two days and get, you know, 20,000 email signups. And we did it. So it's amazing. Omega Raw, welcome to the Festi Files podcast, my man. Thank you for having me on the Festi podcast. I really appreciate you having me here today, Desmond. And uh, I really appreciate the introduction. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. Like, let's just get right into it. You know, right, right yeah, now, no a very sensitive time. How are mm -hmm. you? And maybe you could just shed some light on in regards to what's going on. Because first off, thank you. You have the courage, you know, to step up and speak. And I'm not saying that not speaking isn't. You know, nothing against that because everyone, even myself, I had to take a week to embrace everything and assess everything, you know, but I've been going my whole life. You could speak for it as yourself. 
seeing life through a certain lens and experiencing life a certain way. So to come out here, you know, to be the first person to, to say something, I really appreciate it. And um, yes. No problem. I, I appreciate the opportunity to have a chance to be one of the first people to speak. Um, I mean, personally, with the events that are transpiring right now, um, I personally have been deeply wounded too. I had to take some time uh, with the incidents with George Floyd, the protests, the coronavirus, the effect that it's had on the community, the effect that it's had on our business as entertainers. And, and overall, just take some time and, 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 and grieve. Because, um, you know, the thing about the situation with George Floyd is he really represents me and you. It could have been us. But at the same time, it also represents like the final straw, not just in the nation, but in the people. Here at Rip Raw Entertainment, since I believe 2005, we've been on the internet kicking something that we call the revolution of the mind, which we have in full effect right now. And, you know, believe it or not, we're both part of this movement. And the revolution in the mind is exactly what you said a minute ago. It's, it's challenge every aspect of what you accept is okay. When we look at what we accept is okay nowadays, that's where we have the issue. I do agree with you, it's okay sometimes to not say something because you gotta take the time to grieve, you gotta find the right words to say, you gotta find where you're at. But like Dr. King said, greatest crime of all is not the man that lynches the man, but the man who sits quietly by and watches these crimes be committed against humanity. And so now I think it's a time to really push this concept upon the people that we need to revolutionize our minds and our concepts of what we accept is okay. And, um, like here in the city of Reno and my office town of Las Vegas and our headquarters in San Francisco. We've had protests. Uh, none of the Rip Raw Entertainment staff has been out at any of the protests, but we have been active online encouraging uh, positive, peaceful protest and pushing the concept that um, not only is reform needed with the police, but all the way down to the human resources department, the psychologists that say that it's okay for them to work. Um, I do appreciate what I see politically happening, but you know, it's a wake up call for everybody that that's well overdue. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it. That, so it just triggered another quote. Um, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Yeah. You know? And now is a time where we, we have to step up. And if it takes you a week, great. And then, then you got to speak up. You got to say something, weigh in. Now, you know, um, everyone plays a part, right? you not necessarily right. saying to go out there and be at every protest uh, right at the front or whatever. You can do some things in solidarity as well. One thing I've been preaching is, well, here at Festi, you know, we're going to keep moving forward. And myself as, and you could probably attest to this as well, uh, you know, as a black minority founder of a company, what I want is in the future for somebody to be able to look back at my story 
someone from from I'm from you know East LA, someone from East LA, someone from honestly wherever, and be inspired, but also say, wow, this person made it out. But not only did they just make it out, they paved the way and said, look, you right, can you. you can make it out, right, yeah. So and and you know that's 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 the thing, you know, and that's that's the path, that's the correct path, that's the path that I'm on. Um, that's the path that, that you're on. That's the correct path. And as what I call trailblazers, we lay a forefront for those who want to speak, but maybe don't know how, or don't have the tools or the resources or in a more rural area or in an area where they're isolated and they don't have anybody else that they can speak to, but there are other people around them feel the same way and don't speak up. So they need that trailblazer to step out. And sometimes a trailblazer needs another trailblazer to help connect the paths. And you know, like I'm up in Oakland, San Francisco, Santa Rosa, and we moved into Reno, L, uh, Las Vegas. We went into uh, Elko, Nevada, which is the center of the state. And we've really built a, a Northern network here that we expanded into DC. Now we're in Montgomery, Alabama. We're in Ghana. We've been there for like six years. We've been in Nigeria for 13. And our connections with our brothers and sisters across the globe, everybody has the same issue, not only with the police, but with the political structure and the systems behind it. But as my company started at festivals, that's what I love about your business. When we started back in the early 2000s, everything from the t-shirts that that we're in now to the music that we made could only be heard at festivals and we would we would try to drive as many people to to festivals as we could to gatherings like the health and harmony festival reggae on the river local uh wednesday night markets in santa rosa california to get people together so that we could even back then kick the concept that we are forcing upon the streets right now that we have to make these changes. And so like our company motto here is change yourself to change the world. When I started, I just started as a plain MC. I was just a little kid from South Carolina, moved to DC and Baltimore, grew up there with no, no tools, no, no studio, nobody helping me with it. And as time went on, you know, I went from being an MC and a battle rapper and a freestyler to where I learned the business. I, I, I got a record deal. I went from a record deal to owning my record label, starting my label with my band, turning that into a publishing company, becoming the first and youngest independent distribution owner outside of the main network as a true independent distribution owner with Rip Raw Entertainment. And then going into um, purchasing my own campgrounds. So now we have the Camp Rip Raw campgrounds which were scheduled to open this year so we could have festivals there. And all of our festivals have been put on hold till next year due to the coronavirus, COVID-19. So in the current state of how, you know, the protests, the, the pandemic, the way it is, there's still many avenues that people can protest without going outside because during this time, so many people have learned new ways to speak and communicate. Mm -hmm. You can protest right from your house, right on your cell phone, 
and voice your opinion maybe to more people than you could in a crowd yelling and screaming and definitely much more safely. So there's so many different ways that we can even teach people how to protest their points of view and still, you know, maybe even, even, even show them new ways of taking that trail that we've been blazing out there in the real world and turn it into a digital platform. So there's, there's lots of opportunities here for everybody to learn from this experience and, and lots of opportunity for us to make a lot of real positive changes that help everybody, you know, individually from business to, to just being a person. For sure. I totally agree. I think, um, you know, one of the things that's been happening on social media, certain artists, um, well, some artists aren't speaking yet, you know, yeah. and we'll address that. That's one thing. Some artists have broken silence um, and they've lost hundreds of thousands of, of followers on social media. And, you know, two things come from that. Initially, you're like, okay, good. We didn't need you anyway. We didn't want you. But if you really do look at things as a whole, those are still people. And how many times in our own lives have we maybe been wrong about something, had to silence our ego, educate ourselves, learn, and then go back to that person or that scenario and say, you know what, I was wrong. And if you give me the opportunity to learn, we can make things, I would like to make things better. So I think it's, it's, you know, not just about, oh, if you don't agree, stop following me or dropping them and good riddance. It's more about, all right, if that many people disagree or that many people feel strongly about something else, we need to speak. We need to have a sit down. We need to educate each other and learn from each other. Um, I have to say it's, it's an accountability thing, but it's an opportunity as opposed to just, you know, because cancel culture, that's the pro and con. It, it, you, you cancel it, but it's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100% they need to speak up. Yeah. And, and um, you mentioned something else. So let's get into to the Omega Raw story. Well, first off, how do you come up with that name? I mean, that's a powerful <laughs> name. <laughs> you know, Omega Red, the X-Men character, who I told you that was right, my right. growing up. So when I first heard about you, I was like, Omega Raw. I was like, I love Omega Red. Ah. You know, so. What's I love Omega Red, too. As a matter of fact, real talk, my youngest son, his name is Xavier. I'm a true X-Man fan. And on that note, I got Transformers and G.I. Joe tattooed on my arm. Okay, this is Cobra. This Decepticon is Omega symbol. It means the snake's deceptions at an end. One day I had to grow up and I couldn't play with toys no more. So I stuck them on my arm. But it means, you know, you know, it means a lot to me. But like my name, the name Omega Raw, what's really cool about my name and nobody's really actually asked me that in an interview. So that's, that, this is a first. This is really good. 15 years, nobody's asked. So I got my name. I did not, I did not choose the name Omega Raw, okay? When I started rapping, my name was not Omega Raw. I was like a basketball player. You know, I was at, I was in Atlanta. I was everywhere. I was every freestyle, every cypher from the underground to little five points, everywhere. And I earned the name Omega Raw. It was like a style. People were like, yo, do that Omega style. Do that Omega style. Yo, it's raw, son, it's raw. And then it was like, yo, do that Omega Raw style. And I was like, Omega 
Omega Raw. And it was like, that's your name, son. That's your name. Use Omega Raw. And boom. So just like a basketball player earns his name hooping, I earned the name Omega Raw, battling and rapping in the freestyle ciphers in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Back in the day with Dress the Beatnik and DJ Ox and original Black Kings and Trey Mega and the Caustic Dames, you know, back when the music was was still pure and you know, you know, in the South when it was first first kicking off in the South. You know, I was I was right there and I had my own show every Wednesday. I did an open mic where I co-hosted and I cooked in the kitchen actually. I cooked the food in the kitchen. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I was cooking the wings so I could pay the rent and had the gas money. And then I run out there and I host the next act coming up, you know, with my with my man and rest in peace, this beautiful jazz singer named Demir. And so uh, being under the name Omega Raw, I started working with, uh, you know, just small time and I would carry the, the DJ's crates. I would set up the tables. I put the candles on the table. I worked the lights. I I catch the train downtown and meet the DJs at their car to help them carry things in. I just asked real polite. And that was how I walked in the door and first got in the game. And people were like, come on in the club. And then they let me, you know, get on the stage and host. And from there, I started doing, doing my thing. And I learned the business while I got to perfect my craft. So, wow. Wow. Um, that's that's kind of how I started. I was I was 19 years old, and um, when all that started, and uh, I got the name Omega Raw when I was about about 21. Wow, wow! So many things to touch upon. Give me one sec. I just gotta let my dog in. She's knocking. She wants to hear the story. She knows. How? Who <laughs> let the dog in? Oh my god! <laughs> just so everyone knows, it's real. That's my little girl right there, Maya. Say what's up, Maya. What's up, Maya? <laughs> so you mentioned something that I think we really need to stress upon because people usually do something for four months. And if it doesn't pop okay. off in four months, they're on to the next thing. Now, you just mentioned you were cooking in the kitchen, coming out hosting, helping people, all these things, right? Number one, it, it ran off of passion, right? But also you had a vision. And you also immersed yourself in, in, in that culture. So um, we'll start there. We'll get back to the basketball in a bit because I'm actually a former basketball player. I played in the Philippines okay. and in Mexico. But, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to tell me them stories yeah. on and off camera. Yes, yeah, sir. So I love that. Yeah, but talk about that because really, like, everyone has an idea that because of what the, the world we live in now, distraction and, and you know, um, just not being able to concentrate for a bit, right? But mm -hmm. you really have to put the time in, um, whether it's a business, whether it's your own craft. Uh, talk about that, because I think we really got to understand that being able to focus and understand the big picture, right? I, I mean, here's, here's the big picture. The big picture is everybody has issues. Everybody's life has problems now and later so we all got a talent we all got a dream we all got something whether we know it or not that's in our heart that we desire to do and at some point it comes out i believe in my life what i wanted to do 
from a little boy was being MC. I never actually, when I was young, planned to be a businessman. But as I started getting into music, and my love for music took me from DC and Baltimore to Atlanta from the DMV. I grew up in the DMV, battling in the DMV, and I went to Atlanta and I was immersed in the black culture. Okay. I I lived I lived on Jackson Street where the projects is no longer there. They tore that down. And during the time I was there, I lived right across the street from Ebenezer, which is Martin Luther King's church. Every morning when I came out my house to go anywhere, I had to look at that building. And every day I felt the culture, I felt the history of like Martin Luther King walking down the street. I felt what it was like. I saw the crackheads and the drugs and I felt the pain of being a black man and knowing a man who fought so that I could have right. And I lived on the very street that he lived and fought on 20 years late after his death, covered in drugs, violence, police brutality. And I asked myself what it really changed and what could I do as a black man to continue that fight. And I immersed myself in the culture from spoken word poetry, from carrying the DJ's crates to, to setting up the tables, because every little step in the game is important, whether you mop the table, whether you the dude that fly the flyers. You know, I used to take people's flyers for free and fly them all across town for hours, no bus fare or nothing. <laughs> Just because, not because I wanted to prove or nothing, and I never said nothing to nobody about it, but I did it because that was my way of learning. I needed to physically get out there and do it. I believe action speaks bigger than words. And I believe if you have passion, you put action behind it. The smallest steps equal the biggest leaps. My mother taught me as a child. She said, she said when I was young, she told me something that never left me. She said, always aim for the stars, but be humble enough to walk in the sand. So when I stepped into music, I wanted to be humble enough to walk in the sand, but I wanted to aim for the stars. But growing up in a decade where rap was all about battle, originality, style, culture, I wanted to be a dominant MC. I wanted to be a strong, raw talent. So I had to immerse myself around the battle crowd. And then I wanted to be a strong poetic MC, so I had to immerse myself in spoken word poetry and go to the poetry jams. And, and, and I decided the best way to do it was for me to have an open mic and invite them all to me. Yeah. So I did a free show with my crew every week. We had one on Sundays called Hip Hop Sundays at the UPN, uh, at the Samba Reptile and Cajun Kitchen, right down the street from the CNN building. And then on Wednesday nights at the Black Lion Cafe at 253 Auburn Ave, we helped rebuild the building before they restored the roof. And, you know, that's real black history. And I was there to help develop that building and get those shows started uh, right after the Eritrean and the Ethiopian War. And our brothers and sisters stopped fighting over there and started coming over here. And we helped the Eritreans and the Ethiopians set up restaurants right beside each other and run together. We worked with black police officers 
to secure the neighborhoods and, and do cool shows. We, we did a lot of great things. But, but there, I learned from all the other people I saw living and breathing hip hop and the black culture, respect for ourselves. And I also learned how we disrespect ourselves. I saw our strengths and our weaknesses. And as an MC, I decided that I wanted to be able to express both sides of that. And so I think that's, that's, that's where my journey started for me. And like, that's how I developed my style. And that's why like in a lot of my music, like ever since I've been online, uh, ever since I've been putting out albums and doing live shows, I've always talked about change yourself to change the world. I believe that every person, when they make a change inside themselves, it affects themselves and that affects the people around them. Because when you really make a change in your life, people around you see that change. And that change can affect them and that change can make the world a better place. It makes your world a better place. And so I think that the change for everything starts from within each individual person. I think that same concept applies to a business structure. Businesses need to change. Government needs to change. When your legislative and your uh, executive are out of line, then the, then the consent of the people isn't being met. And when the government steps in and tells the people that they overrule the people's consent, then we have statutes in the constitution that say that's out of line. Well, in hip hop and in life, we have those same kind of statutes. And I think that so many people forgot them maybe never learned them so people go around all day wanting to be in the system that like they bounce themselves out of because they never really learned and i think each one can teach one and that we all could make it better if we talked if we shared how we felt without feeling um like i'm from the hood you know i'm a hardcore dude but i believe that people should be able to express each other like like it don't matter if they wear red or blue or black bandana, if they MS-13 or they Norteño, Sobreño. It don't matter what you are. You know, it's like some of the rap lyrics I kick. Like, um, I got a song where I say, uh, it doesn't matter if you a Muslim or a Christian because you can end up in the same prison. You could have a similar house, a similar wife, a similar spouse. So what's really the difference between me and you? You know, it's, it's really like that. What's, what's the difference? In Rip Raw Entertainment, I have worked, and now in my crew, I got people that are every religion, from pagan, Wiccan, Christian, Muslim. You know, like there's one person from every tribe. We never have arguments about religion. You know, we have people of all political perspectives and religions where we're a nation with no borders over here. And we've experienced what you were talking about with the people on the web when we say something and then they leave us. Like every time I get a like or, or, or a dislike or a fan leaves, like every single one hurts me because I actually am the boss. I'm the one looking at the insights. So I see them go. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, there are people and like, that's the thing, like 
as artists, I recommend to the artists, hey, if you losing people because you're standing up for what you believe, that's okay. Continue to press your point. Because like you said, Desmond, sometimes people have to walk away, reassess a situation, come back to it. And, and it's just like somebody you love. They walk away and they really love you, they'll come back. And so that's the real thing with your fan, you know. There's some, there's some reaction that you had with the fan. You gave them a reaction. Maybe it was a reaction that made them go away, but you, you still gave them a reaction. And it's so important to get that reaction right now. What is kind of like the WWE, like, like one time, I heard the guys in WWE say to each other, you know, I have a, a friend named Patrick Brink who was uh, Calvin Reigns in the WWE. And he uh, was an FCW uh, tag team champion. And he was trained by the Dudley boys. But this kid grew up in, like practically in my house in high school. And he told me that they told him in this powerhouse place, right, where they do the training, it doesn't matter whether you get a good reaction or a bad reaction. Only thing that matters is if you get a reaction. So when you're in the development of your character and your position of where you stand and identifying that to your audience and the public, it's very important that you stand on what you believe in and not sway because you don't want to lose a fan. Mm -hmm. Because then you because then that's almost like that's to me, that's selling out. Mm -hmm. That goes against the original principles of OG hip hop which means we don't sell out to fit the stereotype. We define the stereotype. As an MC, my job is to remind everybody that you guys choose what's hot. You guys decide what is hot on the radio, in the media. If you don't like something, tell the companies you don't like it. Don't buy it. Yeah. They'll be forced to change to something else. Like in the festival business, I've seen so many developments over 20 years in the festival business that if people didn't like something in the festival, we brought in new things. And all of these new developments in the business created a situation for us where um, we made it better by listening to the people. That's what the government and the other people need to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you, you basically drew a parallel between growing up you know, in the hood, and then assessing what's going on, whether it's in corporate America or it's in mainstream America, or, and then bridging the two and saying, oh, there's there's a correlation. And so, you know, one, one thing that I did uh, as a former basketball player, I made this transition, we call it from hardwood as a basketball mm -hmm. player to hardware, mm -hmm. making a project, mm. you know. Uh, what's that mean exactly? Yeah, so from hardwood to hardware. So as an athlete, I mean, I, went, I started playing basketball at age 14, and by age 20, I'm in the Philippines playing overseas basketball. Wow. Six foot tall. So when I got into it, um, I had to draw a plan immediately going into it. Imagine 14 years old, and you're like, I want to play basketball. You don't even know what you're talking about. You just know you want to do it, and you want to take it far and take it seriously. And you have a lot of time to make up. So you have to strategically plan. What are you going to do? Draw a map kind of to get there. Now, does it necessarily work out exactly how the map is drawn? No, but just understand certain principles. I knew that, man, I have to make up for time, which means I have to work my butt off. 
and sacrifice. And I might have to spend certain days in the gym or certain hours or extra hours, wake up earlier, and then assess, learn, position myself for success. So if coaches aren't reaching out to me and I want to play college ball, I'm reaching out to them. You know, I'm, I'm trying to film. I'm trying to develop. I'm trying to learn from the greats. Uh, I'm a mm-hmm. huge Kobe Bryant proponent. You know, I love him because he was he had this uh, what we call a maniacal obsession. So yeah. I totally respect that. Um, and he wasn't afraid to, to be different, to 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 just give his all into something. And um, so with all that being said, taking that and being ready, right, to, to once you decide upon something, right? I'm 14. I'm in high school. Six years later, I'm tw- I got a phone call and they said, you want to go to the Philippines? You have two weeks and you have to be out here. And I've never been out there. Mm. So being ready to step into the light because we train, we train, we say we want it. When it comes knocking, when the universe comes knocking at our door and says, I'm here. Maybe it's not. It's kind of scary, ain't it? Right? Maybe not in that package that you thought. Maybe it wasn't the NBA, but it was, hey, I'm from the Philippines, 5,000 miles away. Are you ready? I need to know right now. And that's when, right. you know, so I try to take That's everything. how it happens. Yeah. Then I went out there, immersed myself, and, and that was, now you're growing. You work so hard to get to one level. You get to that level. Then you have to work really hard and, and smart and learn and learn from your mistakes, fail forward, and then take that. And, and so I just said, I want to take everything I learned. Living in, in that's the right. country, the culture, um, the that's life, right. putting the ego to the side, learning from and then take all that and say okay now let's start a tech company and with with the greater purpose of you know keeping people together and then growing from there and here we are uh if you would have told me five years ago that i'd be in a tech company as a ceo i would have laughed and just you know took it my jump shot right there but here we right (laughs) and that's why i give you this virtual high five you know i mean if anybody ever told me years ago that i was going to be the ceo of an international publishing distribution entertainment company i would have been like ha (laughs) but you know uh, like in the beginning i had no money you know what i mean i had no beats i had i had nothing i didn't know how to work no equipment or anything but like you said when you when the opportunity comes you gotta seize that moment whether it's learning the knowledge or applying it you gotta seize it and 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 it sounds like you did it you know you just your story is exactly like what my mom said you were humble you walked in the sand you stepped into a new league and now look at you you aimed for the stars and here we are we're on your show it's Uh an amazing thing you know what i mean and like um for me when i started i was 14 years old i had this dream of growing up to be a rapper i immersed myself in everything i could to do with hip hop music and with art and with with learning. And then as I got into it, I learned that there was there was there was promotion, there was marketing, there was packaging, there was distribution, there was all this stuff that I had no understanding of. But you know what? I sat down. I didn't have a teacher. I got in a book. Some of that stuff didn't make no sense. Some of that stuff made me so frustrated I wanted to throw the book. I, I I learned it. I own my own entertainment company. My music, and I have ten artists signed to Rip Raw Entertainment. They're in two hundred and eighty stores 
We have 10 uh, products in stores, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, everywhere. Wow. I helped my sister Samara uh, make a book. Her book is uh, like, I think it's a little over $380 on Amazon because the book is rare. Yeah. No more new copies of the book. You had mentioned earlier, and I really love you did your homework, that we reached a million people in 30 days. We did that in the year 2011. We reached 1 million people through the internet with our clever marketing strategy. We captured so many emails and people that that database went on for maybe eight or nine years before we could completely touch everything we captured from that one campaign. We had no money and we executed the campaign so precise that we captured a million people, a million impressions, a million emails, and we did it in 17 days. Um, at you, that time. Yeah, how do you do that? Because I think this is where you could drop some nuggets, right? Um, let's say I'm someone and right now I'm at home. I'm forced to stay at home. Um, protests are going on. A lot is going on in the world and I'm depleted of resources. So financially, financially, I have Wi-Fi, I have a computer, I have my mind, I have books, right? And, and you I just said it, your greatest resource is your mind. Your mind, it's its own refinery able to generate income, wealth, health, and stability from within. You see, when you have nothing, you have to look within. And so that's what we did to create this campaign. We decided that psychologically, an individual with nothing feels their back to the wall. When I can come together with you and you can come together with me and you share your post and I share my post and you like my post and I like your post and you reshare mine, I reshare yours. Now we're networking. Now we've got four or five people together and we're networking. They gain four or five people together and we're networking. Now we've got an organic network through the development of sharing print, digital posts, like through social media, emails, asking people to get together at the Barnes and Noble every Wednesday or whatever day of the week you can. And now if you can't get people together, get them on Zoom. Mm -hmm. If you got the Wi-Fi, you got the internet, get them on Zoom, get them on Facebook Messenger. Use these tools, connect people together, organize what it is you have to do or you wanna do. If it's something like what we did here where Ripper Entertainment, we. We couldn't sell clothes. We make t-shirts. We make custom print t-shirts. We have them in stores. It's a large part of our income, how we support our business. We haven't been able to do that all year since January. Stores set bare, racks are still waiting to be filled. With the inventory that we had sitting around, we made these PPEs out of shirts. We didn't know how. 
We didn't have sewing machines, but we learned how through studying what other people knew. And we made masks. This is a child size mask that I made for a child and that's out of t-shirt. Yeah, I made this, we made, we made this out of a, out of a t-shirt that we were gonna print on and sell. And, and it's got the pockets for the, you know, it's got a pocket for the, so you can insert and everything. And we gave these away. We didn't charge any money. We put these in boxes and set them at people's doors because that was our way to help. Yeah. And we couldn't do anything with the with the inventory. It's kind of like the food industry was like throwing their food away. But how did we get there? We got there from <clears throat> no money, sitting on the street, thinking about my back to the wall and I have nothing, what can I do? And I have this dream and that's where your power is. You share that dream. You talk about it with others. You see what their dream is. You find a commonality. And in that commonality, you build a bond. And in that bond, you form a network. And then you share that network. That network will build a foundation. And from that foundation, you micromanage. Once you've got your little network of people that are going to share and like within your social media, then you take the time to get their emails. You take the time to make sure that the things that you post, you pay attention to. What gets the most attention? Pay attention to the insights in the back. And you can learn to organically reach goals that other people are paying big dollars for. Mm -hmm. I know this to be true because I have all these great accomplishments in music, but let's talk professionally. Now, <clears throat> I never knew that what I was doing on my website, trying to get my band and my music out there with this platform would reach a million people. But when I moved to Las Vegas, I came into a company that works with Google called 411 Locals. And they were Google's internet advertising partner in the, in the early days of the internet. And they still are. And their job is to create Google AdWords, AdSense websites. I became the business coach and retention manager for their business. And that means what my job was, was every day I dealt with every angry business owner who called, a who called Google or called this company and said, take me off of Google. I want my money back. I froze my card. I'm on Google. I'm not in the first place. I paid for the keywords. I paid for this. I built the website. I don't know why I built the website. I've been in business 20 years. I don't need none of that. I'm not seeing a return on my investment. I was the guy that set them down when they're yelling and cussing people out and they're being transferred from the man on the other end and they're transferred to me. And I was what they call a retention manager where I took angry business owners. I understood their problems and I applied the same method of foundation I'm telling you I use now to reach a million people by creating an organic network that satisfies the desires of your customer by sharing with them what they desire by paying attention to it and then continuing to feed them that. That developed into what we nowadays call a loyalty program. You can figure out a way to keep your customers happy, keep your listeners listening and coming back to you 
and figure out a way you can share that with your group and that they can use theirs to create that process too. Then you build a foundation and a network. And that's what Rip Raw Entertainment has done. And like now we're not even a business. We're like a culture everywhere you go. There's people with tattoos of us and everything. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that um, even nowadays, we, we in the uh, 13 years we've been on Facebook, we've never spent a dime wow. uh, huh. advertising. We've never spent a dime, period, advertising. Our coffer is pretty fat as far as that. When we get ready to drop our brand new uh, Rip Raw Wear department store, we'll be opening that in January or, or in, in July. We have been in the development of a department store. We never thought we'd open a department store, but our clothing that we once only sold at festivals due to the nature of the way the world is right now, people could only buy our clothes at festivals or like at small mom and pop, the gas stations. Mm -hmm. But now we have a website coming out where people can buy our clothes and they can order our custom prints I mean, one of the best services that our company offers nationwide is anybody can order a custom print shirt for $25. We'll put anything you want on a shirt. And that starts at 25 bucks. We also do that with yoga pants starting at $27.99. But those services we're offering to the world now and the products that people literally would come to shows to see us do or like show up at the festival because they want my hat, they want the shirt. We only show up there. Now they can get that online. But there are a lot of people out there that made a, their income or they made their second income. They made their, their support income at festivals, uh, vending at booths. Um, a lot of crafters, a lot of vendors have lost that income. And right now they're wondering what they're going to do. Yeah. And there are pe people like me and you that are opening, you know, wonderful marketplaces for these people you know, so that there's an opportunity for people who, like nowadays, what I did in 2011, you just did. And now we have an opportunity in the future to create this new world for them where things that you could only get at one place before, now we are giving them the opportunity to get it out to the customers and to the regular people that would show up at our events to get it. They can't do it now because of circumstance. And I think by creating opportunity, just by thinking and using our brains, we can generate things that are worth so much. And I think that's where their greatest resource is when they feel they're broke and they don't have no money. They don't see no outcome um, of how to get it. And then I think that once they start to build a foundation, it is important to invest in yourself. You have to start to put a little money in the pot, whether it's $10 a week or what. And then you have to have a patience in yourself that you have that, that reaching a real goal takes time. Anything worth having, you know, you got to build towards. It just doesn't come overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in the game a long time. But I never wanted to be like Drake or Eminem or any other rapper that you think of when you think of a big rapper in the spotlight. My goal was always to attack the community with love and to make positivity and to build young soldiers and young sisters 
and like create an infrastructure where the lessons and the basic foundations of hip hop became a principle. And then that principle was something that young blacks and whites and everybody who believed in the hip hop culture could stand on and then take it wherever they go. But then as time grew, I saw that it wasn't just a hip hop thing. It's a universal music thing. It's an everybody thing. We all feel that way, country, rock, everybody. So now I just kick it like, hey, I can't even represent, represent a city. I just represent the whole earth. And I represent humanity because the evanescence of who we are is our greatest wealth. And losing that is where we, where we, where we rob ourselves. So the more we hate, the more we oppress, the more we don't like, share, the more we don't support each other, the, the more we hurt each other from actually seeing the changes that we really want to see. So I think it's important that if they want to be like me and you and reach a million people, they start to like to share, they start to network, they start to express their dream, they start to build a foundation with people like me and you. Yeah, and, and you just said it. You don't have, and don't go into it saying, I need a million. You know what I mean? You, you, <laughs> start with a few, like get a few people, learn what networking is, feel that one-on-one connection. Okay, you know, even with this podcast, I can say, hey, we want a million. Well, it's going to start each podcast one-on-one or if there's multiple guests, those connections, establishing that's networking. You're growing that, you're cultivating, you're learning about each other, you're supporting. And then in compilation, you just said 2011, we're in 2020 nine years and then even before that you know so it all adds up um one of the things i want to touch upon is is mentality you know of course you just said it growing up um you know in your environment respect me saying i'm pretty sure you had to have a tough skin right uh my for myself growing up had to have a tough skin um and i'm thankful because now when you start your own company right and honestly, even as a, a, a black business owner, there, there's a little X on the on your back. Sure, okay. Mm-hmm. Almost like, okay, but you're stepping into that. So you need a thick skin so that for all the negativity, even if you're an artist, anything in general, there's going to be criticism. Some of it is even mm-hmm. um, constructive criticism. You've got to be able to, to deal with that. How do you deal with that? Because we're, we're shifting. We're talking about mentality, and then we're going to shift to mental health as well. What I do is I take time to breathe because if you allow all of it to, to overcome your mind, it will make you resentful. It'll make you stress out. And, and ultimately it could make, it's made many, many people quit and give up. Uh, the way I deal with it is, um, I have faith and I believe in the law of attraction. I have to believe if I want to succeed. And that's what I teach everybody. If you don't believe in your own mind and like you touched on it earlier, the most critical moment isn't when we believe it's when we get there. Mm -hmm. It's when it's at the door. So many people get to the door and don't walk through it. So many people are called to action, but never mount up. Excuse me, somebody calling my phone. But um, the thing about it is, you know, 
if you don't take time to think about your vision and remind yourself of what your goals are through all the struggles along the way in the journey, the journey can swallow you. So it's important for like mental to literally take the time to like breathe, to like meditate, to cling to your faith, um, to not allow what other people say to be the deciding factor in how you decide to do what you want to do with your art. Because we change what we do for what we think people want to see or what we think people think is hot. And then that, that we lose a little of ourselves in that. We, we grow as artists because we can creatively grow, but we lose a bit of ourselves because we, we conform. Some conformation is good, but I think when it's to the point that it stresses you out, it's not good. Um, one of the things that, that I do, like I think of some of the greats who, um, I think of some of the greats, Desmond, like, like give me one second, I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, it comes down to it. It, it really is. I, I, I'm sorry, I, could, I couldn't hear you. I didn't have my headphones on. Oh, no, I was just telling everyone, you, it's the mentality. The, the, first thing you, the first thing you notice once you get there, right, if you do walk through the door, oh, wow, yes. I, no, fin finish, go ahead, I'm listening. It's hard to just finish. Just let the people see. Man, it's hard because it just, feel it, feel it. Oh, you go. I never got to share this with anybody. So we're going to do this first on Festies. Because Festies is the place to be. I was eight years old in Washington, D.C. on a field trip from my school when they took us to see Selena. I was so excited. I didn't know who she was, but she was so amazing. I ran up. And I tried to touch her and this big man stopped me and she turned around and said, oh, oh, oh. And I said, I had never seen nothing like that. Some of the words I didn't understand, but I love you. I love everything about what you just did. It was amazing. I want to be like you. And she asked me my name and she gave me this autograph when I was eight. I keep it here in my studio. When I'm mentally lost, I think about great people like Selena who died following their passion. People who had a dream, came before us. And I think, what would they want people like me and you to do with our passion? What would they want you to do when you're stressed out? When I was 24 years old, I used to visit a man who owned a radio station all the time. You know, 14 of them, as a matter of fact, he used to come in his office and bug him. This was Madonna's triple platinum plaque for the Ray of Life album. This is the real triple platinum plaque. This is, this is Madonna's triple platinum plaque. It lives here in Rip Ross Studios. 
I just took this off the wall so you can see it. Wow. Okay, I look at Selena and this Madonna, and I, this is an album that most people don't even know about or can't remember. Madonna, real life. It's not like a virgin. It's not, it's not that album. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a triple platinum album that I grew up loving. And you know what? This thing lives here in my house, and it reminds me every day that this woman pushed every norm. And you wouldn't have your Beyonce's and Aguilera's if she didn't push these norms. It reminds me that I have to push norms. Yeah. It reminds me that I could have a triple platinum album that none of you ever knew that I even had. Because Madonna's been around so long, people have done forgot that. Some of us been in the game so long, you know, that's, that's what it is. So mentally, that's how I keep my, my mental health. I, I remind myself of what the people before us do. I put, I put these little reminders around like, like the comic books that I keep in the booth here, you know, yeah. like, like the Optimus Prime, the Spider-Man, you know, and then, then ultimately, you know, I play games. Like, you got to have fun with your life. Like, if you always serious, like, it's going to suck. Like, when I'm rapping, I'm master rapper. When I'm making clothes, I'm master designer. Let's go. You know what I mean? And when I'm smoking, <laughs> I'm the chief. You got to have fun. I do. Hey, I got the festies all the time. I got the festy sword right here. Shouts out to my boy Radkin. So yeah, I've been staring at it the whole show. It's, it's the, tight. Yeah, one of my favorite artists, Porter Robinson. That's his emoji. And then we had okay. send this to us. He even put the the light up. He made Ooh. this. You know what I mean? This That's is amazing. What is gold to this? You know, this is love. This is the purest form. You know, it, it's the energy, the representation of what it is. So when I look at it, I say, wow, man. Wow. Someone took time out of their life. You know what I mean? And that's how we, when we can appreciate art. Someone took time out of their life to give a piece of their life to you. And, it, yeah. and it, you know, how can you yeah, honor man. that? How can you show your, 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 your thanks, appreciation is by, like you said, going out there and attempting to be your best self. And, and it is challenging every day. You know, yeah. Um, you, that's why you got to cultivate that relationship and understand. And you know, right now is it's a very challenging time. Talk about that, because I, I mean, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm same thing coming up from East LA or coming up from the hood and and being able to know who you are, you know, and, and say Madonna, because you have some friend coming up, man, why do you have that up there, or my why this? <laughs> and you go, oh, that's why I'm not going to have it up there. Or you can say, well, let me take this time because I know who I am to uh to educate them and actually understand why that's more of an influence on their life than they even know yeah like like nobody's gonna know omega raw's got selena and madonna in his personal <laughs> studio like they're gonna think you know what i mean i do got a park over there you know what i'm saying like like uh over i don't know how far i can turn this thing i got a lot of cameras in here but over there i got a fallout boy i got a voltron i got an einstein i got a wall full of art 
you know, like nowadays though, just talking about what you're talking about, you know, it's, it is a difficult time. Um, if you're a parent and an artist, it's an incredible art. Let's see if you, I think um, the audio kind of cut out a little bit. If you get a little closer, I think. Yeah, I said, I said it, it, it is a difficult time. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I was saying it, it, it's a difficult time because like not only not only if you're an artist or a parent or like just a business person or just a normal nine to five blue collar worker, the best thing we can do because every person is frustrated and they have what's called cabin fever. Everybody's tired of being inside and they want to be outside. Um, the best thing to do, guys, is to really take the time to self-care. Without, like, if you're a parent, you got to be a parent to yourself first right now. It's just like when um, a plane's about to go down in an emergency. They don't tell you put the air on your kid first and then put it on you, even though that's our instinct as parents. They tell you put it on you first because if something happens to you while you put that on your kid, even with that mask on, he ain't got nobody there to help him because you're gone. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that you take care of yourself because with what's coming, the ones that depend on us need us to be strong and now's the time to be open now's the time not to be afraid to share how you feel because you'll be surprised to say yeah man i feel the same way thank god somebody said it as men especially us black men nine out of ten of us don't have nobody to talk to and we got a hundred friends would you agree with me there? Yeah, I do. I do agree. Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like you got a hundred friends, but then there's this, you're a black man. And there's something a little bit, you can't even express in a way with people what's really on your heart without maybe offending them or running them off or getting in some, some crazy discussion and you just want it to vent. Yeah. Right. And that's what we have as black men. So, so we, have a really hard time, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about us as black men having a hard time venting with coronavirus, the challenges, losing our work, losing our money, being the number one target to the coronavirus, black people dying most of corona, white people, cops are out killing us, corona is targeting us, the government is saying, so what? We will run down on you, and we'll let it be known. And yeah, we've been walking around with this X on our back since day one. You know, Desmond's like, it's like, like you said, you out of LA, you know, I'm, I'm out of where I'm from too. And it's just like, hey, we always had to have tough skin. A lot of these people seen the tough skin on TV, but now are realizing, you know, hey, wait a minute. Why didn't they do that before? It's a little bit late for that wake-up call. As black men, we're in more danger than we ever were. The revolution right now and the protest does not make us safe. 
it is a revolution call for us to come together. I was at the Million Man March. I was at the Million Man March in high school. And for I looked at what that is for the viewers that don't know what, because people don't even know what the, I, I think I'm like the cusp, but I know it, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so like in the middle of the nineties, Wu-Tang, everybody was popping to pocket. You know what I'm saying? He had already passed. You feel me? I was a teenager and, and um, Louis Farrakhan said, Hey, all my brothers and sisters that are black, we love you, but all my black men need to be black men. You need to know what it means to have unity amongst each other because the differences of propaganda on television, the differences of propaganda due to economy, the differences of your neighborhood and my neighborhood, the differences of your heritage and my heritage do not separate us from being black men. And we need to come together. And I challenge you to all meet me in Washington, D.C. I challenge one million black men to show up. And that was what the Million Man March was. Mm. So at 15 years old, I looked my mama dead in the face and said, Mama, I ain't going to school today. And she looked at me like I lost my mind. Boy, what you talking about? Hey, mama, I'm going to Million Man March. My chest all puffed out, waiting to get smacked down. And she looked at me and said, okay, boy, make sure you wear your jacket. I walked past Bill Cosby, Mike Tyson, the whole Wu-Tang. I was a teenager. I seen all these black people, all these black women, all these white people together for one cause. And at 15 years old, like I knew, like they redid the Million Man March, like just not too long ago. But I knew then that unity and brothers is the key to brothers surviving pandemics and episodes like we're having now with extreme, you know, violence and discrimination, murder, assassination that's very similar to, you know, what we saw during the civil rights movement. And I think that the key is to keep that concept of unity together and brothers, no matter what our backgrounds, we are black men together in this battle. And like, no matter where we go, whether we come from a mixed community, mm -hmm. uh, whether we have mixed, like, like for example, I can honestly speak to this and I have a right to. I got a Muslim father and a Christian mother. I grew up in the Baptist Church and the Nation of Islam. I got a black baby mama, I got a white baby mama. Mm -hmm. So I can speak on this because I got children of every race and every every creed. I got two Latino children by, you know, relation, not by birth. So being that I'm rearing black kids, mixed kids, hanging out, I have friends of all flavors. My family has white people in the beach and family. So it's, it's a matter of identifying in ourselves 
that, yeah, we do have a big threat. And when we see each other, we need to respect each other and have each other's backs to the fullest just because that unity backs other people off of us. When two brothers who don't know each other, like me and you, can come together, it is more powerful than anything they believe. It's like what one of the new songs on my upcoming album is called uh, the, the Greatest Threat. And literally, the chorus is, I'm their greatest threat. A Black man with an education who's not done or quitting yet. I've already been through the pain, the crime, the sales, and the disrespect. I already broke my back and my neck, and I'm still coming. I ain't done yet. Uh, speaking of that, I got a baby at the door. Can you give me a second? Yes, sir. Handle it. Handle it. Wrap <laughs> everyone right now, though. So he just mentioned it, and I'm gonna put this out there. You know. I noticed that, and, and that's why, like I said, I needed a week where taking everything in, you know, um, the community, we got to come together. It doesn't stop when you go home. It doesn't stop, you know, after, after protesting, right? And it's educating ourselves, learning about things, really learning. Uh, when we started Festi, we had no idea, no idea about um, firmware, software, hardware, what's a PCB, what's a pitch deck, um, how investors invest, what, what, are, you know, what are shares in your company, what's equity, um, all these buzzwords. And um, we had to learn, we had to educate ourselves. And now, how, how, Omega, how Omega Raw mentioned it, you know, now he has so many skill sets. I was basically saying when we started Festi, we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew what we were gonna learn. And education is the key. So now you can say, you know, you started off as an MC and then here you are now as a businessman and you've worn so many hats. Now you have all these skill sets and now you are realizing, you know, and being able to enjoy the fruits of, uh, of your labor and, and, and have that educated and elevated um, just overall presence. Yeah, and try to give back to the other people. Like now I want to be able to spread that knowledge that I've gained over the years, show people how, hey, I came from nothing, I had no dollars, and I made a way when, uh, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about personal hardship as an artist and as a person and as, and as a come up as a businessman. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I'm a black man. You know, I grew up in the hard streets, but I'm a single father of three. I have three children full time. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, uh, my baby mama uh, disappeared three years ago. I've been raising the boy by myself. Okay. I've gone through the court system. I fought to prove who I was to be in my children's lives. I've done the baby drama, mama drama thing. I've gone done the child support thing. I've buried my father and my grandfather. I've cared for my mother through stage three breast cancer while raising my 14 year old brother and my three sons. I've slept on the floor because I broke my back and can't sleep in a bed. I recovered from being in a wheelchair, I was broke, to a walker, to a cane, to being able to move. I feel like I've been blessed. Every hardship I ever faced went into it with the mentality, like I said earlier, 
that you got to believe and breathe. You got to believe in whatever that vision is. I believe it's just like you said, don't come in thinking about you're going to get a million, <laughs> you know, set the goal small at first, set a small goal. You know what I mean? Like I got a brand new YouTube. I'm just trying to get to hundred. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm glad I'm at 60. You know, I'm just pushing for 40 more. I'm at a hundred and I get a new goal. Like everybody set a goal like that. You know, the next thing you know, you've been a thousand, you a million, you know what I'm saying? You'll get there. But for me, I faced all these obstacles, you know, child support garnished out my check while my children lived at my house. How many daddies got their baby in their house and still got child support garnished out they check? Wow. How many daddies is out there actually taking care of their kids? I mean, how many daddies are out there in the neighborhood? That's what we need more of. We need more daddies. You know what I mean? We need more men stepping up. We need more brothers being brothers to brothers. We need, uh, we need not to just conceal it to the, to the black people. We need to express our blackness outside of the black race to other people so they can see what we're really like. They need to understand that our roots are deep, that we're a faith-based, trans-dimensional person that could stand here one minute and be right here with you and be overcome by the Holy Spirit and whoosh, and two seconds later, because we're God-filled people and we have a connection. And that's where most black people's solidarity and, and commonality is. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're from Africa and you grew up in a tribe and you speak in a clique or you born in Boston and East LA and you speak with a slang. We all got a connection to God. Yeah. And, and, you know, on a spiritual level, your ancestors that all that energy runs through you. So when you nope. see something and it, and it moves you in a certain way and you wonder kind of why it's your, you know, there's some, a deeper connection there. Um, that's within, right? So everyone just on a, you know, not to get too spirit, too preachy, too spiritual, but I am because we're going mm -hmm. to space, right? There's mm -hmm. outer space, there's inner space. Both are infinite. Mm. Both are infinite. Mm. Righteous. That's true. My friend, very good point. Very good point. Yeah. And, um, you know, thank you so much for, for sharing everything that, that you've shared with us, you know, open up personally, you know, and, and the ups, the downs, um, it's mental well, health. And it, and it's great. Yeah. People got to know, like, like, yeah, I'm a real artist. I've been a coast to coast mixtape. I've been on universal records. I've done songs with, big names, work with producers who put me with huge celebrities. Like last year I did a joint with French Montana. Well, guess what? I'm a regular dude. Yeah. And if I could come through all these hardships and get to having all these accomplishments, so can they. That's the message I want them to get from me as an artist. I'm a gladiator. And I'm here to teach other people to be gladiators in their own lives. That's the very definition of rip raw. Rip raw is actually a verb I created in 1994, and it means to achieve or accomplish with pure natural intensity is to rip raw. So like right now, you're, you're rip raw in your life. Festy is rip raw. It's all tight, you know what I mean? This is an amazing accomplishment. Like everything is tight. And like, like, like you were talking about the sword, like I've been staring at that sword the whole show. Everything that each person is bringing to the table in their own creativity is unique and beautiful. It is their 
it is their testimony. And, and, and whether you, you're, you're a performer or you're a vendor or an artist, uh, share that light with people like Desmond and, and, and Festies and, and Ripper Entertainment because we want to see that and we want to help the rest of the world see it. And that's the only way that we're going to fix our problems by coming together and creating unity because power is in the consent of the people is the true power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You just said it. Well, before we, two more things real quick, you know, before I let you get okay. on the rest of your day. I mean, I'm feeling it right now. Um, so mention you're a freestyle kingpin, you know, uh, I don't have any beats on me right now. I got you, bro. You want me to bust one for you? <laughs> Festy freestyle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Omega Raw in the house. The world is a festival. Festy freestyle. It might. It's going down. The mighty sword is here. He's a gladiator. I'm gonna pass the sword to you. You're the gladiator. You're up. Mm-hmm. Y'all hear that? Yes, sir. The rhythm. I never heard this before. Let's open up the door. There's much more in store. I had to come soar. I had to come through. I am a carnivore. Eat up the mic and eat up the hype, right? This is how we do it. And we riding on a festive height. Take a kite and put it in the sky. Let the wind blow and let's see it flying high. The day is the day that you cannot comply to the bull. It's time for you to get and pull your own weight. Time to you and debate in your inner self. What you're doing with your inner wealth, inner health. Can you build it so you multiply? Do or die. Look inside yourself. The only way to rise in the prize. You got to get it up to the sky. Be wise. Look inside and open up your eyes. New eyes. I, yes, I do. Come through. I eat you like I'm true. I go them up. What you do? I come through. I mean, I will shoot. I mean, I do you if you want me to. But I really do ready to show ya. The love of come above ya. Hit in the glove and show ya. The way I come to hold ya. I want to be the shoulder that you could lean on. So we could press on to the break of break of dawn. Can you press this message? Pull this blessing straight from the lesson so you can get the message. We ain't been stressing going through this hardship so you can lay down when it's time for you to pull quick. All my black people, let Let's get equal. Stand together, fighting and fly like equals. Don't be dark and lost in the void. Cause I can't breathe like my name was Floyd. We need help. Everything's lost. All of my people, this is the cost. No need for you to act like the cost was lost. Revolution is now. Show them who's boss with feelings of love, not feelings of violence. Speak with your voice. Don't sit in silence. Remain this as we kick on the cord. The same way that Zelda swing with the ward. The same way that Desmond swings with the sword. Same way that I push heart with the accord. Same way we give the praise back to the Lord. The same way I transform like a Voltron Megazord. Got to give it back into the vision. Position with the composition so the crowd can listen. Now hit it. I'm running the gun and I'm pulling the compositions. All they can feel it every time that I come through and spill it like that. Kick the rhyme on the kooka. Because I be on the track with the flow that could move you. I move like a ruga. Press a fire in anyone that want to try the way that we come to get it done. From the sun to the end. You know what I mean? I represent the scene so clean. When I'm repping for my team, this the fate. All day represent the L.A. For my people where they stay. We cannot convoy. I ricochet like bullets and I'm screaming, yo, my boy. Coming back to the back. So we run. And convoys, just the way we see. We're not here to destroy. We here to get your mind together so you can employ. See, each one teach one. That's the way it's done. To the day and the battle is won. We overcome. I had to get it from the bits and from the blood. I'm just another blood son of Tupac's love.
Give it back to my people on a mission. We flipping composition so the crowd could listen. One thing, one love, one blood, one boot. Black salute for all my people and my troops. Recruit another in the moots, another in the midst. So we coming through and coming off the cliff. If they get it, then they with it. And if they not, then forget it. We gonna kill it. Woo! Let's go, Festy Freestyle, Omega Raw. You know, man, I must anoint you. Boom, boom, boom. The gladiator. The gladiator of, of peace, love, unity, and respect. Omega Raw. Everybody. Wow. How? Wow. Wow. That's, like it. that's the real stuff. <laughs> right on, my man. Thank you so much, man. How, how can we how can we reach out? You know, if we're inspired by this, um, if we're moved by this, if we just want to reach out and say thank you, how can we find you? How can we find you? Social media, what is it? The best way to reach me uh, on social media is literally type in Omega, O-M-E-G-A, space raw, Omega raw. You'll find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash Omega raw, Twitter, dot com backslash omega raw you'll find me on instagram uh at omega raw you can look up my company at rip raw entertainment rip raw entertainment official you can find us on youtube youtube has a several topics for me so if you just type my name in a lot of different cool things will pop up you'll find 13 years worth of content on youtube um if you want to talk to me directly i do talk to my fans all you got to do is hit me on Facebook, send me a direct message. We will reply or send me a direct message on Instagram and we will reply. We, we, we try to pay attention to everything and get back to everyone. And uh, at the same time, if they want to support what I'm doing, you know, please go out, pick up my brand new album that's out in stores right now. It's called Omega 3 Music. It's 21 songs. Um, or my old album, This Life, which is a live hip hop recording album where I have live bands. Just support the music because the money that you guys put into my music, I give back into the community. Like uh, we have this humanity relief event for families on GoFundMe. I have Rip Raw Entertainment, Rip Raw Sports, Rip Raw Africa, Rip Raw Customs or Rip Raw Wear. Type them in all in and you'll find us there. There it is. Hey, he rhymed right there too. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll link everything yeah. in the description. Again, thank you so much, everyone. My name is Desmond Barristain, Kareem, Karan Beecham. Is that how you say it? Your name is super unique, man. <laughs> like a yeah, it's weird. It's like it's actually Quran, just like the Bible. My name is Quran, um, but it's just spelled Swahili. But it's Quran, just like the Muslim Bible. Yeah, but right. if you're from like the Middle East, you can call me Quran, and it's okay. It's the tongue. There you go. Or <laughs> you could just call him Omega Ra. So again, everybody, I just want to say one thing. Right, festival. The world is a festival without the love, mm. without the unity. Without the respect, can we have peace, right? We need it, we need to have those, that's the ingredient. So once again, thank you so much because we appreciate it. We wanna hear more from everyone. Get on here, share, share your story. You know, let's talk. It's all love and uh, Festy Files, signing out. I'm not to play that freestyle. Files. Yes, united together as one.
There it is, everyone. Another S1, the Buffalo Soldiers, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Revolution, one conclusion, you either with the door or against